Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the IFSEC Insider Podcast, Security in Focus. My name is Mark Glover and regular listeners to the podcast might be pricking their ears up but at this point as you can usually find me on the Safety Conversation podcast over at our magazine SHP where I'm editor at but for this moment IFSEC is a bit of a sister brand of ours at Informa. There's plenty of crossover of course with security and safety so it kind of made sense while at this point IFSEC are looking for an editor I'll do my best to step in and host and continue to bring these uh, podcasts in the uh, interim. So this podcast is on the role of secure IoT connectivity in the fire and security applications. So a really good one, I think, for me to kick off with. I know it's such an important topic. As such, luckily for me, I'm I'm delighted. I've got a real expert in this area as guest. We've got John Coleman, who's head of sales UK and Ireland at CSL. Hi, John. How are you doing? Yeah, hi, Mark. Yeah, thanks for inviting us here today. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks for coming on, John. I guess let's just go straight into it, I think. Well, do you know what might be useful is just if you could perhaps give us a bit of a, a brief intro to CSL and the role you guys, I guess, play as a critical IoT connectivity provider. You're well positioned to see the, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, quite simply, CSL provide critical connectivity. And if you were to speak to people within the fire and security marketplace, most people would recognise CSL for what we call alarm signalling. So that's us connecting yeah. the premises through to the police via an alarm receiving centre. So that's something that we introduced back in 1996. So we've been providing critical connectivity now for nearly 30 years. And what we did over a decade ago was take that same heritage that we developed within fire and security to align ourselves with the telecare marketplace. And telecare is more like dispersed alarms, ward and call systems, but also have the same challenge as alarm signalling, where you could have an elderly person in sheltered accommodation in a shower room, have yeah. a slip, and needs to pull that orange cord. We yeah. need that alarm signal to, to get delivered instantly to, to an end destination. But then more recently, from a connectivity point of view, really addressing one of the you know the big challenges from fire and security installers, providing safe, secure, and reliable connectivity for other applications such as CCTV and access control, which really leads us to where we are today, which is one of the you know the UK's leading providers of critical secure connectivity. Thanks, John. Why do you think connectivity is such a key aspect within the security sector? And actually, I'll, I'll latch on a part two as well. When installers are coming to you guys, what are they sort of saying? What, what are you hearing? Yeah, OK. Well, for me, I would say that the, the connectivity part is the most important part in any security system. So the reason mm. for that, if you've got an intruder alarm, as an example, the intruder alarm will sit there and if somebody walks in, it will pick them up. But ultimately, if you want to send an alarm signal through to the uh, alarm receiving centre, if somebody breaks in, that connectivity always has to be there. That is the, you know, the key link in this cog. You know, if yeah. the alarm goes off, you want to tell somebody about it. But I suppose that the bigger challenge now around connectivity is that more and more manufacturers are now providing apps for their end users. So the end yeah. user is actually going to judge that alarm system on the basis of somebody's broken in. Did I get a push notification on my phone or didn't I get a push notification on my phone? It could also be an installer with an app for CCTV and they want to view the cameras. Can I view my cameras or can't I view my cameras? So a whole installation is now really summarised on how good the actual connectivity is from, you know, has it worked? Can the end user do what they need to do? So, you know, I suppose yeah. that's probably the, uh, the, you know, the key thing for connectivity. And I probably relate it to, you know, you could have an iPhone and there's loads of great yeah. apps on your iPhone. You can do your banking, you can t- you can look at your, your heating. But if you're in airplane mode, 
you can't really yeah. do much. You know, that's what I would relate it to. You know, yeah. your connectivity is the most fundamental part of what we do in, in fire and security. Yeah, that's a really nice comparison, I think, to make with the, the mobile phone. You're right, isn't that when the airplane sticker comes up, you're like, oh, God, the lifeblood is gone, hasn't it? And, Absolutely. and you don't realise it sometimes. Let's move on to the landscape at the moment of, of critical IoT connectivity. And in fact, what I wanted to do, actually, John, was there was a quote from Joe Sullivan, who's obviously the former Uber CSO, and he was speaking to GovInfo Security, and he was talking about last year, 2023, and I'll, I'll quote from him. 2023 was the year of, I think, one of the biggest distributed denial of service DDoS attacks ever and involved leveraging these devices, the IT devices. And now that you know that the attackers have figured out how to successfully use them, I don't think they're going to stop until we figure out how to mitigate it. Before we go into some of your thoughts on on the landscape, what do you think of Joe's comments that was made last year, I think, uh, yes, for GovInfo Security magazine? Yeah, well, 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 I think now we're moving towards an era where cyber is going to be probably the most important thing that we do. And, you know, we've all got a huge responsibility to step up the level of cyber secure solutions that we install. And let's be totally honest, if a 13-year-old kid from the bedroom in Glasgow can hack the Pentagon, then as a wider industry, we've <laughs> yeah, all got a yeah. big responsibility to step up the level of cyber secure solutions that get installed. So I totally agree with, with, with the comments from Joe. And it's something that we really need to take as a, that the whole of the UK, you know, it's, it's a very serious threat to our businesses. Do you think it's taken seriously enough, I guess, at a government level, on a sort of legislative level? Is, is it is the conversations happening at that hierarchy? Yeah, I think that even when you go into the government website, there's some really good stats around the increase yeah. of threat in cyber. But I think a lot of it goes down to, to a lower level. First of all, you need the end user to want to take cyber seriously. Is you know, lots yeah. of end users will probably think, kind of get something cheap and cheerful. If you go for cheap and cheerful, yeah. you probably go for something that's quite vulnerable and not as reliable as you want it to be. So I think it's a it's probably not just the government. This has to be business involvement. Sure. It needs to be end users. It needs to be the, the, the wider spectrum of people saying, look, yeah. I don't want to get hacked. What can I do about it? Yeah, good point. I guess in safety as well, it's, it's almost a cultural thing, isn't it? It's getting buy-in from people within all of the organisation, from the top down as well, to take it seriously, I guess. 100% it is, definitely. So, yeah, let's add a bit of context here when we sort of take a look at the landscape, John. Are you able to just talk about, this would be interesting actually, talk about the evolution of IoT connectivity within the sector? And also, I gather it is becoming sort of increasingly more complex, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, I mean, IoT is still a relatively new acronym that's yeah. being used. We, you know, we used yeah. to refer to it as, as M2M, as machine to machine. And um, I, I think what we've seen with, with the real um, progress with IoT, a lot of this has been born of people, as I mentioned before, about the iPhone. You know, smartphone technology, I think, has led to a massive increase in IoT connectivity. People being able to unlock the cars, people being able to start their engine, turn the heating on people being able to turn the lights on at home. So what we've seen now, people have now got smartphones. It's now more mm. of a reliance on that bigger IoT uh, spectrum. And even more so is even manufacturers within fire and security, all of the major manufacturers are now providing cloud connectivity. They're providing apps for end users. Even when you look into, you know, EV chargers, you know, payment terminals, yeah. everything that we touch today, every organisation we go into has some form of IoT connectivity related mm. to it. And I think we I think that we're really in the infancy of IoT and it's going to be one of the massive booms that's going to dominate the uh, the, the marketplace for for the next decade or so. 
the acronym has been around for a while, hasn't it? And, and you're probably the layman, if you like, would would sort of yeah relate that to the you can talk to your fridge or you can talk to your car and and, and stuff exactly. like that. But it's plenty more potential in, in it, absolutely. And then um, uh, leading on from that, I guess, John, there are obviously challenges. But, but what are these challenges? And also, conversely, what are these opportunities in providing connectivity solutions for those those critical communications? Yeah, I suppose the biggest challenge in in uh, connectivity uh, would be. You know, I have it myself. If you go to your IT department and say, can you have a look at my laptop? And they look at you and yeah. say, why are you, why are you giving me your laptop? If you go <laughs> to an IT department to say, can we put this CCTV system onto your network? There are lots of challenges around that from yeah. an installer's perspective. There's lots of questions. What is the risk? What do I need to do on uh, from a firewall point of view? How much bandwidth will it take? Will it impact our day-to-day running of our business? Can we do our emails still? Can we use our other office function. So, you know, the complexity and the challenge, I think, is actually getting a system onto the customer's network in the first place. And lots of organisations might use third-party IT companies, so you've got to engage with the end-users IT company. But I think when you get to the the bigger corporate level, is that you've got multiple questionnaires that need to be completed just to get something onto that network. So that's the big challenge. But, you know, on the flip side of that, there are also big opportunities within the fire and security market. We can provide solutions that don't need to impact the customer's network. But you know what we can also do is we can put something on your network, but we can add additional layers of security, but most importantly, additional layers of resilience. If your broadband fails, Mr. Customer, we can switch over to 4G. So I think if we explain these correctly to the end users and IT departments, we, we can really upsell the technology to say, look, you really need this because it's going to make your system safer, more secure and more reliable. Yeah, just slightly aside, John, can I ask how it sounds like a big part of, of what you happen to do is, is to sort of communicate to the people what the challenge, you know, the communication on this does seem a critical part as well of what of what you're trying to do. It's not, of course, not scaring, but it's just sort of making them aware. The resilience is a great word as well, I think, to, to use. And um, are many people open to that. Do you still find it can be a bit of a tough, tough sale? Yeah, I do think that the that the marketplace has really embraced the switches in technology and, and, and the ease of using different kinds of connectivity. So people yeah. are looking more now at 4G communications with, with yeah. CSL routers with 4G dual SIM connectivity. People looking at even just installing standalone fibre connectivity just to run the CCTV and access wow. control and security systems. So yeah. the, the industry is really embracing better ways to be able to go to end users and say, look, we can install these great applications for you. And you know what, Mr. Customer, it's not even going to touch your network. It's completely separate. And I think that the industry is doing a really good job in providing those solutions. Looking ahead, what do you think are the uh, sort of major trends we're going to see perhaps in in, in the next year? Well, for me, probably the the major trend that we are going to see over the next couple of years is one that's been around for some time and one we've already spoken about, which is that, that increased threat of cyber. I mentioned about the you know, the 13-year-old kid from the bedroom in Glasgow yeah. hacking the Pentagon and was all needing to, you know, step up the level of cyber secure solutions. But when you go on the government website, there's some really good information around cyber. But I would say it's more eye-opening is that they actually report that 20% of small businesses in the on the last report have had some form of cyber breach or cyber attack. When you look at a medium-sized business, 45% of organisations have had some form of cyber breach or cyber attack. And when you go to big organisations, that's 65%. So wrap all that up wow. together, 40% of organisations in the UK have had some form of cyber breach. 
or cyber attack. And the challenge that our industry's got is that we deal with small businesses, medium businesses, and with large businesses. And we can't afford to be the weakest link in that installation. And I suppose, you know, equally as important as well is I'm of the belief that that cyber will at some point become the new burglary. So back in the day, if I wanted to break into your house, I'd kick the front door in, I'd steal your laptop, steal your jewellery, things that I could easily sell on. What you'll find now is people will break into your premises without leaving their home. They'll hack your computer systems, steal your personal data, steal your bank details, even worse, steal your customer details, which, you know, reputationally, financially, mm. it, it is quite is quite damaging. So I just think that if we don't take some action now, that that increased risk of cyber is begun, going to become such a major challenge for us to move back from. Quite galling stuff, really. So, but do you think these cyber attacks are going to get more advanced? Is that is that what you're saying? Is that obviously, as, as as the protection evolves, so do the so do the people who are who are hacking. I guess it's keeping uh, absolutely up. Absolutely, they will. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even more recently, I'm getting text yeah. messages from Royal Mail saying, "Click on this yeah. link so you can redirect." You know, it, this is real basic things that these people do, and people yeah. still click that link and still do whatever they yeah. what it is that they need to do. And they're getting cleverer. So, you know, the, the, as yeah. as they get cleverer, we need to get cleverer with the, the level of connectivity. Yeah. You're not, not making ourselves vulnerable to uh, to these hacks and to these scams. So, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's going to get a lot more challenging. So we need to make sure that we move along with the times, really. I, th- I think it's always important when we think about solutions to, to see them in applications. So if you don't mind, John, it'd be really interesting if you've got any sort of case studies you might be able to share just, just to see how these things are landing, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one that, that I um, that I was involved in personally was with a company um, based down, down in Sirencester called Sirencester Intruder Alarms. And CIA do a, a lot of work with the uh, the LTA, which is the Lawn Tennis Association. If you picture the Lawn Tennis Association, they've got loads of tennis courts, but lots of these tennis courts are in recreational areas, they're in parks where there's no connectivity. And the challenge that you've got is that you want to go and use one of these courts, you want to get onto the court, so how could they manage this kind of application? So what was deployed was a solution where as a LTA member, you go onto the LTA website, you choose the court that you want to book, you choose the time, and it then gives you an access code for you to then go to that court. So you turn mm. up to that court at 6.30 in the morning, you go to the gate, you put your code in, the gate unlocks, you walk onto the court and all of the lights turn on. But all of that is powered by secure connectivity, utilising a CSL router. So what CIA did is they took access control, they took lighting, and they utilised a CSL router as the hub to provide all of that connectivity. Now, that kind of stuff on somebody's IT network isn't that difficult to do because the infrastructure is already there. But taking it to the centre of a park where there's no broadband capability, no fibre capability, but being able to go back to the end user and say, We've got this really good solution so that you can manage your courts so that you you can have your members go in to play their, their tennis games. I think it's a really good way of utilising the technology that's available to us. Yeah, what a terrific example, actually. Just uh, the LTA, obviously, Wimbledon, et cetera, but a huge club as well, isn't it? Lot, lots, of, lots of real estate there. And to be able, something so, well, on the surface, I guess, to those people that go to the courts, it looks pretty simple, but you're having to wrestle with a lot of other things there. And, and that's all implemented in, and, and still still going. It is indeed, yeah. It's something that they continue to deploy. And it was, you know, tennis is growing in popularity. Yeah. More and more of these tennis courts are appearing. So, yeah, it's just a, a great way of ensuring that people can do, you know, the, the, the hobby that they enjoy doing. Yeah. John, CSL, as, as I know, well, you've worked pretty closely with, obviously, security companies. But we now see more 
about, I guess, specific partnerships that, that you have with manufacturers. It'd be really interesting. Could you just explain that in a bit more detail, if that's OK? Obviously, I, I mentioned the, the roots of CSL, which is alarm signalling. So we've, we've worked very closely with the uh, intruder panel manufacturers for a number of years. But even more recently, all of these manufacturers are now providing app connectivity for their end users. So they would come to us to say, can you provide us with some form of connectivity that gives our end users the ability to receive notifications through to their mobile phone? So we would provide secure SIM connectivity for the control panel manufacturers device that goes into their control panel. So we've been doing that for a number of years. But more recently, we're now getting um, companies, access control companies and CCTV manufacturers coming to us to ask for help with connectivity. One of the most recent ones is uh, with mm. a company called Comlit Pack, who are one of the world's leading providers of access control. And their challenge is they've got an amazing solution with great cloud functionality, but they need secure encrypted connectivity. So mm. they're not the experts in connectivity, just as we're not experts in access control, but they know mm. they could come to us and we can provide them with this solution that allows them to talk to their access control systems and communicate information and diagnostics to the uh, to the Comlet cloud. So, you know, more and more people come to us because we've made the investment in the platforms, in the technology and the resilience. So, you know, it'd be mm. a bit like us, you know, if we said to the marketplace, so we brought out a, a CCTV camera, people would be like, what have you done that for? Because yeah. that's not that's not what we do. The fact that people come to us for connectivity because they know that is what we do. Sounds like, um, from my point of view, a real sense of collaboration. That, that there's no there's no sense of oh you just knowing who to work with and knowing who who to come to and all 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 heading in the same direction. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that from a manufacturer's point of view, if you can say to your installers or to your end users that we're partnering with somebody that's a specialist in critical connectivity that has all the ISO twenty seven thousand and one and yeah. Cyber Essentials Plus, I think that is yeah. such a massive tick especially when we relate it back to that increased risk of cyber, being able to reinsure end users that, look, the connectivity we use is the best-in-class connectivity that you're going to be able to get. Yeah, good stuff. Thank you. Let's pivot slightly. It'd be interesting to touch on access control, which you alluded to a little bit there. Just be interested to get your take, like the state of play when it comes to, to access control. I'm sure you're in a good position to, to, to be there. What, what are you guys seeing? Yeah, so what we now see more and more is that I think a lot of this fell on the back of COVID and, and the change in a lot yeah. of work practices is more people have hybrid working. So the ability for people to be able to change access for people going into premises and um, for vendors potentially going in to do deliveries, etc. What we've now seen is that people have taken something such as access control and, and now have the ability to manage those systems remotely not necessarily being on their on their IT network, but we're seeing a big uplift now in people wanting to connect the access control to a connectivity platform to be able to make these changes. So, you know, working patterns might change, staff mm. turnover, being able to change user access instantly and, and really quickly, you know, as work challenges um, changes, you know, over time. Yeah. It's just a, uh, it's an area that we, we expect to see a lot more growth in. It's basically being able to take your access control system and let it communicate with certain clouds, giving both installers and end users the instant ability to make changes to access whenever they need to do it. So that's probably one of will be one of the big boom areas that we see within access control. Okay, right, interesting. You touched on a good point there. How was how was COVID? Was that a real sort of game changer? I guess was that pretty significant for most people? Yeah. It was. I imagine it was yeah. for you guys as well. I think a couple of things that, that we got from that. It, but the one thing that that came home to me 
was yeah. that the fire and security industry is ultra resilient. And if, even if people are working from home or working in the office, that people need secure connectivity for their fire alarms, for their lone worker devices, for their CCTV systems. And I think it demonstrated that the fire and security industry could trade through what were difficult times to ensure that end users still had that level of protection that they expected from their alarm system, from their CCTV, from their access control. So although it was a bit, it took a while to adjust to the, you know, that that, that 18 month period, which, which yeah. was challenging. Yeah, I yeah. think the industry did really well to, to demonstrate the, what, what we can actually do with technology and the systems that get installed. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. COVID just proved uh, a shift for everyone and people had to step up, didn't they? And, and I guess, for, for you guys tested resilience wise is was huge and, and and to come out the other side of that which you perhaps didn't foresee but to come out the other side of that and go as you say wow we've got some good stuff we're, we're okay we're doing okay here it's, it's very positive it, it was indeed yeah and i think that the, the, the way that as i said before the the, uh, the industry approached the initial challenge of you can't leave the house to then obviously you know people yeah. starting to do the jobs that they uh that they needed to do and but I think the key thing for me is it has made us think more about what we can do with technology. So lots of installers yeah. now, back pre-COVID, wouldn't have thought about doing remote maintenances to intruder systems. Whereas now what we've seen is every, a lot of installs that now take place, installers want to make sure that they can maintain their systems without sending engineers to site. So what we've seen, that big shift is if yeah. this happens again, can we still maintain those systems without having to send an engineer there? So I think it's made everybody look at technology differently, but also utilise some of the great features that manufacturers have deployed in their equipment for many years. Mm, yeah, absolutely. John, we're coming, unfortunately, towards the end, but if you're right with you, I just want to sort of recap, if you like, and just touch on some of the key points. I'll, I'll, I'll lean to you for that. But I mean, one of the things that I've got written down here is cyber is the new burglary. I know that's a pretty sort of simplistic way to look at it, but but I, but I think it's a powerful way to to look at it. And, and, and I think it's a case of not, not scaring people, but just sort of saying that this is using words like resilience and this has happened and and keep an eye on things and then get a trust getting that confidence really i wonder if that's something that's chimed chimed with you throughout this conversation obviously throughout your career as well yeah absolutely you know it, you, you put it down to you know in the bluntest of terms you know a lot of it is just down to, to common sense don't take shortcuts don't go for cheap and cheerful cheap and cheerful often it's like buying a car with three wheels sometimes and yeah, you're not going to get yeah. very far so yeah. you know just make sure that you're fitting what's what's fit for purpose obviously do your due diligence on what's being installed if, if you're going to use the end users network speak to them about their resilience that they've got speak to the it department explain what it is that's going on their network will that be an impact for them but also just make sure that it's secure and if if they need support then we can give support on some of the solutions that the marketplace has available Brilliant. I think that's a really good sort of takeaway for people, actually, John, for people to, to advice that, that you've sort of given there. I think that's that's really that's really good. Are there any other key points you want to sort of flag up before we, we pack up or, or, or I think we've sort of covered stuff? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is that, you know, the technology is there, you know, and technology is going to get better very quickly. There'll be new features and as a, as a wider industry, let's embrace it and let's, you know, use some of the great stuff that we've got at our fingertips. 
Brilliant. Um, listen, I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball. It's a nice curveball, though, but I, I kind of asked this on the health and safety podcast as well. But I sense I'm going to get a good answer off the back of this as well. Can I ask what sort of inspires you, John, or what 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 you enjoy about doing what you do, working in the profession? You sound proud of what you're doing. Obviously, there's a, there's a really good good end to it. But what what sort of inspires you, if you don't mind being too too um, candid, if you don't mind the question? Yeah, I, I think it's just the dynamics of, of the industry. It's it's such fast paced. We, you know, we're dealing with two and a half thousand installers, each with their own challenges, each with, you know, different requirements. And as I say, it's just such, such a boom industry. It's one that, that does well in recessions. It's one that does well in challenges yeah. because it provides a service that people need. People need their alarms to go off if somebody breaks in. Somebody needs a fire brigade to turn up. And, you know, just have it. It's a passionate industry. You speak to lots of people within yeah. fire and security and they've all got that same drive and desire to, to, you know, do the right thing for an end user and for, um, you know, deploying the correct technology at, at the correct time. Sure. Good stuff. That's that's nice. Yeah, you're right. It's a very sort of open industry, isn't it? Very willing to share best practice, which is yeah, which is really good. Really good. Listen, I think that's uh, unfortunately probably a good good place to end, I think, John. But before you go, where can you know if people want to find out a bit more about CSL and what you do? I know that I've had another look at some really interesting blogs that you've got on the website that people might want to see. Where Where's the best place to, to head to? Yes, so if you want to go to the website, www.csl-group.com, there's lots of great content on there, all the blogs, as you've mentioned, the installer zone to get the latest information and all the products. LinkedIn is a great place to go for for some of the posts that we do. And then all the the usual uh, social media applications, Twitter or X, Instagram and Facebook, you know, all of those usual forums. But you know what? There's never anything more, more important than just picking up the phone to the people that you deal with where we're more than happy to help. Good stuff. And I'll also put those links as well in the show notes so people can access that. So, John, listen, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been a really good discussion. I think we've covered a lot of good ground as well. So thanks again, mate, for coming on. Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate it. Right. Good stuff. So, yeah, if you're new to this podcast, please do go back and, and check out our, our previous episodes. IFSEC has a, a hub page which archives all of our recordings. Again, I'll put the link below so you, you can go and check them out. If you like what you hear, you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate us, we'd be really grateful as that will help us get the shows out to a wider audience. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. Take care.